everyone. I hope you're all having a lovely day so far. Welcome to another episode of Here For You, a Lend a Hope original. My name is Anshul Chada and it is my pleasure to be your host for today. I know it's been so long since I did one of these because of school and family emergencies, but I am so glad to finally be back with more episodes as a little thank you for your patience and amazing support so far. I did put a little mental health related gift for you, so stay so listen through and stay tuned for that towards the end. Today we're going to be working on glowing up mentally through talking about how we treat ourselves, learning about our subconscious in regards to manifestation, getting rid of our limiting beliefs and learning about how we can bounce back from traumatic situations. But before, I want to share a tiny little story. Believe it or not, I literally just got home from Trader Joe's to get olive oil because I have a tradition of eating that before. I cringe at Indian matchmaking and anyway, I'm a really small person in real life since I am 5'1", very kidnappable, and because of my height, it has always been a physical challenge for me to reach the oil bottle at the store, and right behind me when I was there was this guy who was like twice my size, and there was this really awkward eye contact since I visibly couldn't get my bottle, and while I was reaching for it, um, he smirk laughs, and it took a solid five minutes for me to like get the olive oil itself and that was with the help of a very kind employee over there so major shout out to whoever that was but here's my little obvious tip of the day if you see someone visibly struggling like i was please help them especially if it would be significantly easier if you intervened now, before I address today's topic on the three on the four ways you can glow up mentally, I want to quickly extend a warm welcome to all of you listening here. I'm so grateful to have you all stick with our podcast so far. It really means the world to me. And before I go on and on about how much I love you guys, I want to talk about the major premise of today's episode, which is like the title says, focused on the four ways you can glow up mentally. Just a disclaimer these methods obviously aren't set in stone or anything. It is just my insight, but I am confident that at least one of the methods I will highlight and elaborate on will be something you will benefit from if you choose to exercise the method itself. The goal of today's episode is to explore and unleash our inner potential so that we can be the most confident and authentic version of ourselves. So without further ado, let's glow up mentally together. So we're going to start off really lighthearted with our first method of glowing up mentally, which starts off with exercising your inner ability to laugh at yourself. I know you might be thinking that it's cliche, but trust me on this one. With this method, we're going to delve deeper on how we talk to ourselves before we get to manifestation. So make sure you don't miss it. Anyway, laughing at yourself is especially useful whenever you embarrass yourself in any given situation, right? Whether it's with people you know or complete strangers, no matter the amount of people involved in whatever situation you found yourself in. I know many of you might be thinking, easy for you to say, and I agree with you, it's absolutely important to look at who you're listening to and taking advice from, which is why I'm going to tell you a story about a not-so-little girl who 
has embarrassed herself in front of so many different types of people and audiences with the size ranging from just one person to 4,000 people. This is actually true. I was running my campaign for state president this past March for this amazing organization I'd been involved in since starting high school. And the top candidates were supposed to give a campaign speech to 4,000 members at the annual conference, and that is where I just flopped. Anyway, I was well aware of the three-minute time limit for speaking, and every time I practiced, I was always super close, but I never went above it, so I was just like, worst comes to worst, I'll wing it on stage. What I stupidly forgot about was that on stage, there's like a million lights that blind your blind your eyes. So you can't really see the timer person and look at the camera at the same time. So there I was on stage. I had my phone at 2% with the script just there in case I blanked out. And for the first half, I was actually... Um, doing all right. Um, my audience actually reacted to my emotional anecdote and I was really getting into it and taking all that in was such a beautiful experience since it was all so surreal and quick. No joke, public speaking is so scary but so rewarding. Trust me guys, nothing compares like nothing compares to that feeling of being able to really connect with your audience and give a shot at not only sharing your story, but trying to leave them with something that actually inspires them to become better leaders. I know that sounds super corny, but there really is no other way to describe how that adrenaline adrenaline rush is so worth it in the end. If any of you are considering a public speaking opportunity, I would 100% recommend shooting your shot. No matter the outcome, life experiences are always the most fulfilling when you're getting out of your comfort zone to do things that challenge you, force you to be vulnerable, and actually confront some of your internal fears. Speaking of which, I was obviously forced to suck things up very quickly since I did say that I flopped during this entire speech and during the speech, I got so caught up in trying to exude my passion for serving this organization to the best of my ability, and my phone was at 2%, so it obviously wasn't cooperating with me that day, which was entirely my fault, and of course, I panicked for a second because of that, and there was some stuttering in the second half, but as soon as I bounced back, I was just about to start talking about my campaign platform details, and then, oh my gosh... Out of nowhere, the current state president sharply cuts me off at the three minute mark as the timer person who was like giant in terms of height. To me, everyone's a giant if you're above 5'4", so I'm probably exaggerating. But anyway, the timer person stands up and bangs his hands. And it wasn't just the fact that I got cut off in front of 4,000 people that made it so hilariously embarrassing. It was also the way it happened. I was speaking on a podium with a mic attached to it. I don't know if I mentioned that before. And the poor guy literally had to go in front of me while I was speaking, grab the mic and announce to everyone, thank you, your time has expired to the entire crowd of 4,000 people. And my face just goes from its natural light olive shade to like tomato red in seconds. And going back down the stage was a literal walk of shame. I also puked so many times that day and my face was just caked with foundation just because I was so scared I looked green and I brushed my teeth like nine times and 
drank like tons of mouthwash so you can just imagine how much of a clown i looked like on stage i'm serious at that moment i literally wanted to just change my name and run to mexico to start a new life but anyway right after that hilarious speech i was obviously trying my absolute best to just blend in with the crowd and hide but of course within minutes i ran into people i knew and when we got to talking about my speech i was definitely like frustrated and sad and just had a very um regretful kind of vibe going there but at that moment i realized that simply admitting that i got cut off and laughing it off in those conversations was so much more mentally beneficial than obsessing over something that was now out of my control. Like when something less than ideal comes into your life, it is much more productive to actually accept what happened instead of forcing yourself to try and make the situation better. So instead of trying to change what actually happened, what already happened, change your focus and see how you can best grow and learn from your experiences. If you're looking for a more in-depth analysis on this, please refer to the first episode, which is where I talk about the difference between reckless and realistic optimism. But what I want to highlight over here is that since your mindset is powerful enough to change your personal perspective on anything, use that power to your advantage to your advantage to really do some reflecting, make positive affirmations for yourself, and see how any experience, no matter the outcome, can best be utilized to fuel your future endeavors. Because when you make the active choice to use your inner power to blossom into the person you genuinely want to be, you'll realize that the only way you'll ever let your story actually be a failure is when you let a setback be the end of your journey in pursuing whatever the heck it is that you're pursuing. Anyway, I can spend hours talking about this whole speech, which was a whole new type of humiliating situation for me, but the whole point of sharing that story was to hopefully establish a mutual understanding regarding that regarding the fact that I as your host am a human just like you that is also taking part in this process of mentally glowing up and I hope that sharing one of my many embarrassing embarrassing experiences and providing some insight on what the reflecting process has given me helps you understand that laughing at yourself can be a great coping mechanism because it may not change how painfully some embarrassing something might be but it's all about your perception and since you're literally bringing some more humor into your life you can can change how you tell the story to to yourself in your head and to other people which eventually leads to a more positive spin on something that you were once more ashamed of and science believe it or not shows us that many individuals are actually at their happiest when they laugh at their past mishaps when you can laugh at your past and actually turn it into a source of humor for yourself and others you'll realize that you'll you end up exhibiting greater levels of emotional well-being according to the recent study published on psychology and individual differences i also want to point out before i switch to learning about our subconscious that it's important to be mindful about how you're exercising this very underrated life skill because you want to make sure that it is your intent to simply change how you view an embarrassing event and 
find a way to let it help you instead of having the laughter come from a place of wanting to hurt yourself and others. In this day and age, I know it's so easy to engage in that kind of self self-deprecating humor, but if there's anything I've learned in these few months, it's that the kind of language you, you're using when you talk about yourself is a lot more powerful than what than you think it might be. When you choose to describe yourself in a way that puts you down through an excessive amount of self-deprecation, -depreca you need to realize that you are making negative affirmations for yourself, and I'll elaborate more on what exactly that is in this episode, but essentially, you're essentially feeding more negativity into your mind. And because of that, the long-term impact of this self-deprecation cycle is that you end up letting these negative thoughts become more literal, which means that the consequence of this is attracting more negative outcomes because your mindset is unhealthy. And I personally believe that one of the best ways to avoid this negative mindset is to really treat yourself in the same way you treat someone you care about because you deserve the same type of kindness that you exude to your loved ones. And when you allow yourself to come from a place of compassion, you actually end up sending more positive vibes to those lucky enough to be near your presence. Obviously, it is impossible to feel happy all the time, but I want you to realize that you can be in control of how you allow anything to real re anything really to impact you by being mindful of when you're being mean to yourself because that shift makes you more mentally healthy long term so if you can't talk to someone else the same way you talk to yourself because you feel like you're just being mean, you're not going to do it. Saying simple things to yourself like, I'm sorry you feel that way, or hyping yourself up by being your own cheerleader just like how you would to your best friend, which is actually something I do. Like I have now become my own hype girl and I even mom myself sometimes, which is a whole nother story. But please don't judge yourself for thinking or being negative. Doing this actually makes you a avoid dealing with those uncomfortable feelings. So acknowledge the fact that if you've been negative with yourself for so long, and it's inevitable to have those negative thoughts come to you and that my friend is okay. It is not your fault because what that's what feels so normal to you at this point. Please don't put yourself down like that. In fact, the, the fact that you're here and actively recognizing this and want to change that negative mentality is the first step to becoming a better version of yourself. It's a process, but believe it or not, it takes less energy to smile than it does to frown. And that, in my personal opinion, is relevant to this entire topic because choosing to describe yourself in a more mentally healthy way re requires some effort in finding something positive that you can take away from yourself and your unique experiences. But I know finding that silver lining can be challenging when you're in that process and I don't want you to exhaust yourself by choosing to first see the good things you can get from an embarrassing experience. No, the first thing I want you to do before you get into any of that is to simply smile before you're doing anything else and also just whenever you can just smile um it is scientifically proven that smiling can put you in a better mood and it actually does take less effort to smile than to frown so that's how easy it really is. And in choosing to smile, you instantly feel a bit better and your mind now has this positivity boost and 
you're in, now, in my opinion, better equipped to start seeing how you can best learn and grow. And the best way to do that is by treating yourself with the compassion that you deserve. So talk to yourself like how you would to anyone you love, because when you're, whenever you're being self-deprecating, and I'll be elaborating on the kinds of things to say in a bit, ju in just a bit, so hang tight, but essentially cutting yourself some slack on really like telling yourself all these amazing things about you instead of like moping about the fact that you were being negative with yourself is the first step to changing your mindset. All of this has worked out really well for me in the past, so I'd love to know what happens if you choose to try this method out. You already know that I am rooting for you, and now that I've hopefully helped you out with the underlying issue of how you view yourself and have given you some insight on how you can make your interactions with yourself more positive and healthy, I am going to be a little more blunt with you out of a place of love obviously and remind you that no one will care and give as much attention to your aspirations as you do for yourself and that is a blessing that you all should be taking full advantage of think about it just with the story I shared about my embarrassing speech and how I'm learning and growing from that experience. You will not remember that speech like I will, and you'll actually be able to watch that speech unlike myself because you have your own learning experiences. The fact is we're so used to feeling like all eyes are on us, not only because of how much we tend to compare ourselves to other people, but because the subconscious part of our brain is really to keep ourselves safe in the moment, meaning that we often criticize ourselves mindlessly when we decide to go out of our comfort zone. This means that every time we even just think about taking any kind of action to see one of our biggest dreams come to life, we obviously feel that fear and often enough when we listen to our fear, we are held back because we feel secure by deciding to not let ourselves take action. And by doing that, our dreams are left unfulfilled. However, there are so many things to unpack here. First of all, it's important to recognize that ignoring the fear isn't the way to go. Remember that it is essential to treat your emotions like your friends. They are all looking out for you. And, because, and just because some of them can feel pretty bad doesn't mean that they are bad. The fear you feel when you're worried about what will happen if you decide to, I don't know, take a shot at starting a business, changing your career path, asking that person out, learning how to dance, whatever it may be, I can go on and on. But that fear when you that fear you feel when you even think about taking action is really your fear wanting to protect you from getting hurt. It wants to protect you from the feeling of rejection because your brain actually processes rejection like it does like it would for physical pain. So this really influences the subconscious part of your brain, which is the part of the brain responsible for our feelings. And that part of the brain wants you to feel safe. So it's naturally going to resist any feeling that encourages you to take action. A few important facts that you need to know about the subconscious part of your incredible brain is that it only thinks in the present. How it feels right now has zero impact on the future. It doesn't know the difference between and imagined experiences and unlike your conscious mind it is irrational and illogical this just means 
that your subconscious can believe anything. It doesn't spend its time making sense of things. It just believes what you feed to it. Your subconscious is the most powerful part of your brain. It has all your long-term memory, beliefs, values. It's where your imagination, intuition, and habits reside. This is actually the area of the brain hypnotherapy also targets. So now after knowing that our subconscious is flexible and knowing that this part of our brain is responsible for how we feel, behave, and react, let's talk about how we can program and retune this part of the brain to not only build a more positive mindset, but to also manifest the kinds of experiences and things that we want in life. So when we're talking about reprogramming our subconscious, the first thing to be mindful of is the potential limiting beliefs that are currently programmed into this part of your brain. A limiting belief is essentially a belief that limits you in reaching your true potential. It is something that you believe to be true and it holds you back. And they aren't exclusive to your beliefs about yourself. They can be beliefs you have about other individuals and communities as well. And these thoughts end up becoming beliefs due to the fact that these thoughts have been repeated in our mind for so long. They have been rooted in our subconscious since childhood. So things like traumatic memories from early on, our parents, teachers, mentors, friendships, media we've been exposed to, society, and the community we've been from those, from those early days, our interactions with all of this has such a major belief on, such a major influence on what we actually believe. And a lot of the times we aren't even aware of it. And so often these beliefs come from our childhood, which is when we're more prone to taking on these thoughts because our brains back then were still developing. So it was even harder for us to then to recognize the difference between what is real and what is not, as stated by Jane Taylor on Habits for Well-Being. Because of this, a lot of limiting beliefs are ones like, I am not deserving of something, or I am not worthy, or it's some variation of I'm not good enough, or I'm gonna fail, or everybody hates me, or it's it is reckless for me to take action, or I can't do this. There's no point in trying. You get the you get the point. It's just negative thoughts that became beliefs over time and can and are often influenced by our immediate environment especially through our interactions with in our childhood so changing these perceptions um, requires a lot of inner work and healing so that we can actually manifest the kind the things we deserve and One of my favorite quotes that is shared on habits for well-being is nothing binds you except your thoughts, nothing limits you except your fear, and nothing controls you except except for your fear. So after establishing how limiting beliefs form and work, what we need to do is be mindful of these beliefs and reprogram that. And the best way to do that is by making positive affirmations. Believe it or not, this past July and has been one of the roughest months of my life and Quarantine in general has taken a major toll on my mental health, especially because of circumstances that would probably take a book for me to explain. But anyway, for me, for years and even now, I couldn't change the current circumstances of my life and my immediate environment. And the thing is, who you're surrounded by has a major impact on the thoughts you you have that are programmed into your subconscious. And I was always like, 
well, I can't, I can't change my surroundings despite the fact that I am a very positive person. I've always been a cheery girl at heart, but it's, it's been rough when the immediate environment is the complete opposite of positivity. And um, whenever I was feeling really hopeless about the present, besides venting, I would always go on like psychology today and see what I could do to change that. But the answer to my problem problems was always surrounding yourself with more positivity. And they put a major emphasis on positive people. And that has been something that hasn't always been feasible for me, especially during this pandemic. So that led to a lot of uncertainty, a lot of breakdowns a lot of times I was even considering ending my life for so so many reasons I can't get into right now but the point is during those times I just wanted to end the pain and I saw no way out because I truly felt like my mindset was out of my control and I felt like this hopelessness was my entire life and Fortunately, one July morning, I had enough of this, and I've been so blessed to have so many amazing people in my life. You know who you are, but I was able to change my mindset to be more permanently positive when I discovered Haley Hoffman Smith's content. This woman has literally changed my entire life, and it's only been a month since I've been introduced to her. But anyway, she not only introduced me to the practice of feeding positive affirmations to my subconscious but she also introduced me to the ThinkUp app. And before I talk about ThinkUp, if you are confused confused about what positive affirmations are, think of it as the complete opposite of your limiting beliefs. For example, if your limiting belief in your brain is something like, I don't deserve to see my dreams come true because I'm unworthy and incapable, a positive affirmation would be you saying something like, I am deserving of, my, of seeing my dreams come to life because I am so worth it now and always or you could say something like no one else has the same dreams as I do so I owe it to myself to see them come to fruition or you can make it make an affirmation about the amazing qualities I know you have in regards to this an example would be I recognize that I am growing into the strongest most capable and compassionate version of myself I hope those examples really helped you understand how positive affirmations work since we're essentially hoping to have these positive statements and thoughts become beliefs that will remain rooted in our subconscious so we rid ourselves of our limiting beliefs and continue to blossom into the best version of ourselves in this amazing journey. So now that you've hopefully understood what the purpose of positive affirmations are, let's talk about the Think Up app, which is essentially an app designed to play these positive affirmations that you record in your own voice and it plays these these really this really soothing type of meditation music while playing your affirmations so it's not like just hearing your voice it's like a song sort of thing that blends in with your voice to really get into your head and keep you calm and grounded you can listen to affirmations recorded by other individuals but the best way to really make this work is by recording your own because there is nothing more powerful than hearing your beautiful voice talk to yourself with all these positive affirmations and your subconscious recognizes your voice. And when you hear yourself say all these amazing things about yourself and the bright future that awaits you, you'll feel so much more energized because it is you reminding yourself that you are the best investment. It is you reminding yourself of your biggest dreams that give your life a purpose. And 
if you feel lost and feel like your life has no personal, no purpose or and meaning, that is honestly such a common concern. Please don't criticize yourself for that. If you're looking to find your purpose or even just get more clarity on what you actually want, you are on the right path, right path just by listening to this podcast. When I was listening to Haley Hoffman Smith, she talked about how your biggest dreams are also rooted in your childhood. So think about what energized you back then. Think about what you would do if you knew no one would judge you or criticize you. Think about your deepest desires by looking at your happiest memories. Think about where you'd want to live, what your ideal day would be, what kinds of people you like to be surrounded with, what has given you a sense of fulfillment in the past, you know. Just ask yourself these open-ended questions, but remember that all of the answers are within you, just waiting to be discovered. And if these questions are too deep for you, ask yourself simple ones about your interests like your favorite TV show or books or even types of art. I promise you what you're attracted to always connects to your desires, which leads to your biggest dreams. I'll give you a personal example. I love shows like The Good Place and Friends because I love character development. And for me personally, it is so energizing and motivating for me to see people continuously grow into the best versions of themselves especially after whatever circumstance they're in and if you look at shows like the good place and friends you'll notice that the friends and the friends the characters have really are their family and that family connection I have with my closest friends is really the kind of love that fuels me it's love through friendship and being inspired by those that are committed to this everlasting journey of growth that make me who I am like I took a leadership assessment a little while back um Fun fact, I think everyone should take official personality and leadership quizzes to improve their emotional intelligence. But anyway, I found out that I'm the coaching and visionary type of leader, which taught me that I not only value growth on the individual and team level, but I am propelled by a compelling version, a compelling vision of the future, which taught me that as of right now, I'd be interested in pursuing a career where both those leadership styles in- intersect. And I found out that consulting would be something I'd like to do in the future as of right now and if that changes it's for the best and that was long but my point is you are your own mystery to unravel so it's important to remain committed to learning more about this amazing person you are because your dreams are unique to you and you deserve to see them come to life there is no journey more interesting like none of us will ever fully figure ourselves out but that uncertain uncertainty is what makes life so exciting. What's important is that we focus on living our best life by looking into our dreams that excite and fulfill us and go on to pursue them. And through listening to our own positive affirmations, we are empowering ourselves not only because we are removing our limiting beliefs, but because we are reminding ourselves that we are so worth any endeavor that we choose to pursue now and always, and that it is safe to see them all come true. It is possible for them to come to light only if we let it be that way. And no one else has the same dreams and desires as we do. So we owe to them to ourselves to see them come in its truest form. And 
The last thing I want to touch up on before I end for today is emotional freedom tapping, also known as EFT or tapping, because this is a something that has really helped me build a positive mindset in situations that are more traumatic and intense. And I'm not a professional by any means, though. Please see a licensed therapist for more personalized treatment. However, EFT is a medically reviewed method of treatment that has been researched so many times and it is mostly used to treat people with severe anxiety or PTSD. It has actually been used to treat many war veterans and it has been an immense success. According to Healthline, half these veterans with PTSD that were undergoing EFT no longer fit the criteria for PTSD after this treatment and a 2016 review from the National Library of Medicine concluded that EFT led to a greater decrease in anxiety scores in contrast to other care options. So as you can see here, EFT has been proven to be very effective. And the way EFT works is that when you're feeling a lot of physical pain or or are in emotional distress, tapping certain meridian points helps you heal and restore balance in your energy system. So meridian points are essentially energy hotspots, so areas of your body that energy flows through. Since Gary Craig, the creator of EFT, believed that disruption in your energy balance is where all negative emotions and pain stem from. And EFT targets these meridian points through fingertip tapping since Healthline highlights that through tapping, you gain access to your body's energy to send signals to the part of the brain that controls stress to reduce and eliminate the pain you feel from negative events or emotions. So now after understanding how tapping works, I'm going to quickly walk you through the process itself so that EFT can be just as effective for you as it was for me. And... The first part of EFT is to identify what it is that has led you to feel such pain in the first place, whether it's an event, a circumstance, or negative emotion. Remember that we will never be bottling up our emotions because feeling our feelings is the way to go. Bottling them up only leads to more severe problems. We're going to be asking ourselves what it is that is making us feel so negative and so in pain. And one more thing, even if you aren't in some major emotional distress, EFT is still very useful to get rid of limiting beliefs in addition to positive affirmations. But just for example's sake, let's say that we are in emotional distress because we cannot control our living situation at home. So right now we may be limited to who we can interact with, not always have our boundaries respected because even communicating them is a challenge. And we are forced to quarantine with individuals that we feel bring out the worst in us and leave us mentally drained. So based Basically, at this moment in time, we cannot change the circumstance and that impacts our mindset, which leads us to feel unsafe and unworthy. So the next step would then be to rate how intense the feeling is on a scale from one to 10 because what has happened. So let's say we give the current circumstance I gave a six. So the point of rating this is to establish a general benchmark according to Healthline so that we can compare the original intensity to how we feel after EFT itself. So let's say the intensity after one round of EFT goes from a six to a three. We can now say that there is a 50% decrease 
decrease in pain. And now after identifying the root cause and rating the pain, we would then need to establish a phrase that explains what we are addressing. So with the example I gave above about how we can't change our quarantine circumstance, something we could say is, even though I know my circumstances are tough, I recognize that only I am in control of my mindset and my future is brighter than I can imagine. I chose that statement in particular because one of the biggest barriers I've encountered with nourishing a permanent positive mindset has always been circumstance. And obviously none of us are deserving of anything that causes us harm and makes us question our worth. But one thing I like to believe that it is that it all happens for us, not to us. There are so many things that can happen that we don't deserve, but we owe it to ourselves to see us grow into the strongest version of our ourselves. In fact, another amazing gem I learned from Haley Hoffman Smith was that whenever you don't feel in control of your circumstance or have something that makes life really hard currently at the moment, imagine having a conversation with the future version of yourself and ask this future version of yourself, what is this situation doing for me? Remember, you are asking future future you what this situation is doing for you, not to you. And of course, you are improvising this conversation, but use that to your advantage. When you're having this conversation with future you, remember that it, that the future you the future you can be the person you currently aspire to be. It is not out of reach. You get the chance to talk to your ideal self, which shows you that the future you want is actually attainable because your dreams weren't given to you by accident. When you, when What you end up envisioning for yourself in the future is what you attract more of. So use that to your advantage because the the that future self is an image rooted in your subconscious mind. And Anyway, that's something that's helped me so much in the past, but going back to EFT, the phrase we established earlier was, even though I know my circumstances are tough, I recognize that only I am in control of my mindset and my future is brighter than I can imagine. Remember, for EFT to be effective, it can only address your problems, not someone else's, because you can only control your mindset. And anyway, now that we've established the root root cause of what is affecting us, which is lack of control for our circumstance, and now we also have a phrase, what we're going to do is get into the actual tapping process itself. One quick thing before we get into the process, I just want to highlight that I know when what we're feeling is super intense and traumatic, we not, might not always remember every specific, like rating how we feel before and after. That's okay. Like sometimes I just either have a positive affirmation or saying and just go into tapping and that has still helped tremendously. It takes time to get into the actual habit and that's okay. The fact that you're Focusing on reducing the intensity of your pain through EFT is incredible and you are going to get better at the healing process, I promise. And now with that in mind, let's talk about meridian points that we are gently going to tap so that we can make EFT extremely effective. So 
normally with EFT, you start with tapping the small intestine meridian point, which is right below your stomach, and it's known to be the karate chop meridian, and you're basically going to tap this meridian and recite your phrase three times. So with the example I gave above, we'd say, even though I know my circumstances are tough, I recognize that only I am in control of my mindset and my future is brighter than I can imagine. We can whisper it, say it. I sometimes even recorded it or said it in my mind, but whatever works for you, actually saying it is the most effective. And after we say our phrase three times, we are going to tap the rest of the meridian points seven times for each cycle. So we start by tapping the eyebrow seven times with the phrase, then go to the side of the eyes and tap seven times, then go under the eye, under the nose, tap seven times on the chin, move to tap on the beginning of our collarbone and end by tapping and then go on to tap seven times underneath the arm and then you end by tapping seven times on the top of your head. Remember that you need to have your phrases ready to go while you're tapping to make this the most effective. I know that when you're actually not in a, actually in a lot of pain, you might not remember at first all these tapping spots and whatnot, but I want you to know that any sort of tapping on this, these spots with your phrase is still so much better than doing absolutely nothing. I promise that this knowledge comes from personal experience. I recommend writing down each meridian spot if you feel like you'd forget it and keep it somewhere in your room. Maybe write it down on a little post-it note and take that with you everywhere. I don't know. Or even put it in your notes section, but make it a habit to engage, making it a habit to engage in EFT has really changed my life. And I promise you that you'll feel more at so much more at peace as you do it. You just keep tapping and you'll see how powerful you really are at being mentally healthy. So before I end today's episode, if you remembered, I did say that I had a little mental health related gift for you today. So I want to quickly talk about that. So today we learned more about talking to ourselves the same way we talk to our friends, learning about our subconscious, getting rid of our limiting beliefs through affirmations and EFT. All those things can be supplemented through positive affirmations, especially getting rid of our limiting beliefs, of course. So I have a little guide with six of my favorite general affirmations that you can plug into the ThinkUp app for yourself or even just say to yourself all throughout the day. And if you'd like to get this guide, all you have to do is text the word affirm a-F-F-I-R-M to our Instagram account at on at Lenda Hope Cast. So the word, the phrase Lenda Hope with CA, it ends with the CA on our username because we are headquartered in the Golden State of California. You can also text a firm to my personal Instagram if you have it, which is at Anshul X Chata. But as long as you text the word affirm, you can see what affirmations I use and put them to use for yourself. They've all helped me so, so much, and I know you'll thrive with them too. Feel free to keep me posted on your journey. I'm honestly so grateful for each and every one of you. It means the world to me that you chose to listen to our podcast today. And if you're here and have listened through the entire episode, I just want to give you a big virtual hug. Thank you so much. 
Like what I've noticed with podcasting is that even if someone told me that they absolutely hated the content I put, the fact that they listen to the podcast itself is amazing since podcasts are so much longer than songs. And I do hope you love today's episode just as much as I do. But regardless, thank you so much for listening. It was such a pleasant surprise to see this initiative get so get such a positive response and it lights up my world. Thank you so much for motivating me. Like, getting messages saying I listened to your podcast today makes such an amazing difference like this podcast is the reason I've reconnected with people I haven't talked to in years or even met new people whether it's at conferences or random events but anyway thank you so much for listening I am sending you all positive vibes all around and I hope you have the loveliest days and I just want you to know that you are so deserving of every good thing that is coming into your life I will see you soon to talk about manifestation, but I hope you loved today's episode. I will see you soon. Bye.